So I know that you're going to come for me. Um, some of you are definitely going to come for me, but I'm going to say it. I believe that millennials and Gen Z, they get it. They get it when it comes to focusing on the life part of the work-life uh, equation. Um, now, I'm not going to get into a debate about some of the reported things they've asked during interviews or the way they may operate in the workplace or some of the other differences between their generation and ours. Um, but I know that, and it has been written, that they actually believe life is short and they've actually seen that life is short. Um, you have to remember, of course, that they experienced the pandemic right along with us. Uh, as a matter of fact, Gen Z specifically, they actually entered the workplace after the pandemic. So they already went in with a different point of view, a different perspective about how life should look um, and how much of the work should enter their personal life. Meanwhile, for many of us, and when I say us, I mean, you know, those of us that are in uh, Gen X or boomers, and I'm going to define those a little bit later. We were already in the all work, no play, extracurricular activities, SAT prep, uh, rinse, repeat kind of, you know, um, lifestyle. Um, and so we were already conformed. We'd already conformed to, um, you know, that that approach to work and approach to life. Um, we were sautéed in it, as I as I always like to joke. And we didn't question it, right? Some of us did, uh, but for the for uh, many of us, we actually did not question that. But I do want to remind you again, Gen Z entered the workplace after the pandemic. And so now that you're aware of that, maybe we can, uh, some of us can be a little bit more understanding about why they, um, you know, approach work differently um, than many of us. Um, they have different values, um, but certainly those values are informed by the fact that they believe life is short and they'd rather focus on their life rather than so much on, on work. Okay, but again, some of us get it. Um, and we've gotten it to the point that many of us, and I say us again, speaking about those of us who are Gen X or boomers, some of us get it. And we have decided that we want to redesign um, our lives. Actually, I'm one of them. So that's what we're going to talk about today. The name of our episode is So, how do I redesign my life? That's what we're going to get into today. Welcome to the Age Has No Limit podcast. I'm your host, Patrice. We're going to get right into it. It's the Age Has No Limit podcast. We're here to show and prove that your age shouldn't prevent you from designing and living the life you want. I'm your host, Patrice Davis. Let's get started. So welcome back to the show. Again, my name is Patrice Davis. I'm your host of the Age Has No Limit podcast. So before we get back into talking about redesigning our lives, I do want to start off with the tale of the Mexican fisherman. I don't know if it's a tale. I don't know if it's a retelling of an actual experience. I don't know where the story first came um, first came from, but I do remember reading that story years ago when I was still working um, in my in a, as a nonprofit executive, working grueling hours um, with a lot of the typical office politics that one you know sometimes um, experience. Um, but I remember the story, and here's a bit of the story for those of you who may not have heard it or may not remember it. This actually starts with uh, an investment banker that actually is in a Mexican coastal village. And he happens to see a Mexican fisherman come in with, you know, the catch of the day on one simple boat. And so he asks the Mexican fisherman, 
you know, how long were you out there and to, you know, for you to catch, you know, let's say the five fish or however many fish he caught. So the Mexican fisherman said, well, I was out there pretty much for, you know, X number of hours. And the investment banker then goes, proceeds to ask, well, what do you do in your free time? What else do you do? The Mexican fisherman uh, explains that, you know, well, I like to take a walk through the village with my wife. I like to play with my children. I like to go have a drink or two with my friends. And he just describes all of these things that he gets to do um, when he's not out, you know, fishing. And the investment banker, it, you know, proceeds to explain to him that, well, if you were to make all these changes and, you know, maximize how much you were fishing, maybe move to New York, then you can build this into this large corporation. And then the Mexican fisherman asked him, well, that, okay, well, what happens after that? The uh, investment banker then proceeds to say, well, after you, you know, built this large corporation, you become a millionaire. And the Mexican fisherman says, well, well happen, what happens after I become a millionaire? The investment banker says then, well, then you get to spend time with your wife and you get to play with your kids and you get to, you know, take walks in your, in your village and hang out with your friends. Everything the Mexican fisherman is doing currently. So the moral of the story, we know what the moral of the story is, you know, that a lot of us were taught that we needed to hustle, hustle, hustle. And then eventually we can, you know, enjoy life. We were taught that we should work hard for however many companies, um, for the boomer generation, sometimes they worked for the same company for 10, 20, 30 years, um, and then eventually retire. The unfortunate thing is that many times by the time we were ready to retire, we weren't really able to enjoy that retirement. So that is part of the reason why I wanted to start off with this particular story. And that brings me back to the point I made about the approach to work that we were raised with. Most of us were bought into, as I said, the work hard now, retire, and then enjoy life approach. Um, and some of us did this until, you know, we could no longer absorb the constant anxiety from a toxic workplace or the gruelingly long work hours or expectations to always be available um, by phone, via email. And those phone notifications, sometimes you were afraid to look at your phone. You didn't know if it was a personal um, call or, you know, one from your, from your job. And so, um, many of us also had to deal with bullying or poor work-life boundaries, racism, work insecurity, misogyny, the list goes on and on, but we, we struggled through it. We pushed through it. And I'm certainly not saying we did the wrong thing. I just believe that as we, um, as we age and it's no longer, necessary and it is certainly necessary for some people um and or if there's a way for you to redesign your life to um no longer endure it if you don't have to then thinking about redesigning your life may be a great place to start so that brings me some information i found about the different generations and their perceptions of work and i keep focusing on work because it, you know, it's reported that third of our working, work, waking hours or one third of our lives are spent at work. But I kind of wanted to reinforce the point I made at the top of the show that, you know, Gen X and 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 I'm sorry, Gen Gen Z and and uh, millennials get it. Um, and just I think this explanation helps us understand just the differences in the approach to, to work that these different generations have. So. Boomers are typically those folks that are born between 1946 and 1964. So in, the, um, in 2023, they're going to be between 59 and 77 years old. 
Um, they're self-reliant. They believe in traditional education, traditional workplaces, hierarchy, uh, the good old fashioned elbow grease gets it done kind of approach. Um, they, they had loyalty to their employers. And as I said, they stuck with one job for 30 years um, and they really valued position perks and, um, and, and prestige. And they defined themselves by their professional accomplishments. So those are your boomers. Then you have Gen X. Again, I'm firmly in the Gen X um, range or uh, generation. Um, and they were people born between 1965 and 1981. And in 2023, they're going to be between 42 and 58 years old. They're self-sufficient. They're very results-oriented, um, hardworking, educated, independent thinkers. Um, they value diversity, challenges, and responsibility, and very resourceful. So I, I'm hoping that you know, while these are generalizations, I just wanted to provide some insight into the way the different generations are purported to uh, see work as it relates to their lives. And of course, many of them embrace technology and social media. So again, I'm in a, a Gen Xer and I remember that, you know, my first job out of um, college, I worked in advertising. I was a media planner. And I remember the, you know, the big CPU that was either on the floor or underneath my, uh, or on my desk laid down on its side. And then we would put that big monitor on top. And now we're all working from laptops that we use our phones with a hotspot to, to be able to connect to the internet. I remember having to wait for, you know, the, that sound that would come to show that we're actually connecting to, uh, to the internet. So I just wanted to make a point that, uh, yes, I'm a part of that generation. And like you, if you happen to be in Gen X, we, you know, worked through the many transitions in technology and we've adapted quite well. Thank you. Millennials uh, or Gen Y were born between 1981 and 1996. And in, in 2023, many of them are between 27 and 42 years old. And they value agility, flexibility and freedom in the workplace. They value transparency. And they'll quickly leave a job. Um, they believe in making a positive impact in the world, and they want to. They have a sense of purpose. Um, they're very ambitious, however, and of course, they really, really value a work-life balance over salary and title. So, you know, if you believe in these, you know, groupings, you'll see how different that is from from boomers. Um, however, uh, according to the, you know, this is a, a, actually data that I read um, on a Deloitte white paper that however many of them may be living paycheck to paycheck and take on and create side hustles in order to be able to um you know manage their finances so if you consider the fact that they will take on additional work or create work for themselves you will see why so many of them are very entrepreneurial because they've been forced to be entrepreneurial right um, and they also believe in an ethical workplace and culture. Now, Gen Z, they were born between 1997 and 2012. Their ages in 2023 are between 11, yeah, 11 years old and 26. They value salary less than every other generation. Um, they're good. They believe in being good citizens. They are very concerned and they um, about um, climate change and mental health. Um, and they want a company that goes beyond just talk. They want this company to actually 
demonstrate commitment to sustainability, climate change, hunger, and of course they value diversity as well. However, they're also reported to not really have some of those softer skills such as in-person communication and interpersonal dynamics. I just, I thought it was very interesting looking at the different generations and the way they actually perceive work and how uh, the society and the experiences in our society uh, reframed their thinking, um, reframed even their behaviors, um, and so, or informed their behaviors. And so I just thought it was really valuable to make again the point or, or really emphasize why there's a difference in the way our generations, um, may, may perceive work. So another thing I wanted to talk about, and I thought this is a very interesting statistic, 44% of digital nomads are millennials, all right? And those are the people that are between 27 and 42. Followed by, interestingly, Gen X. That's my generation. Many of us, again, are between 42 and 50 years old. Um, so I thought that was just a really interesting statistic. But then when you think about it, uh, Gen Xers are you know, typically going to have uh, probably more resources, more disposable income. Um, and so, and then, of course, we also are, again, very adept at using different types of technology. I just think in general, we may be more adaptable because technology has um, forced us to be adaptable. And so we're also adapting to a whole range of new information that's coming at us as a result of this technology. And many of us are, are changing the way we perceive things as a result of this new information that we're also getting from this new technology. So if this is the first show that you've tuned into, I do want to take some time to share a bit about me and who I am and how this actually ties into uh, the topic of our, of our show today, which is, of course, how to redesign your life. I'm a former nonprofit and corporate executive who decided in 2020 to launch my own business so I could work from anywhere and live life on my own terms. So since I've launched the business, I actually have a grant consulting firm. Um, I've traveled and worked from anywhere um, from six different countries. So I've actually traveled and worked from Spain, from Portugal, from Germany, from Mexico, from Jamaica, um, and I can't remember the other country. And I've um, actually met with clients or gave talks or hosted training, in-person training, in uh, four or five different states. And that's just since 2020, really since 2021, because in 2020, of course, things were really silent on the entrepreneurial uh, approach. So um, in addition to that, I'm also a mother of three young adults, and I'm firmly again in the Gen X generation. I'm also a nonconformist, uh, and I've always been keenly aware of the workplace games and the mask I felt I had to wear. So wanted to provide some background into who I am and the fact that I've actually redesigned my life um, in order to have it fit in what's more of a priority to me. And my priority is to be able to travel, to be able to work from anywhere, and to be able to live life on my own terms. And as I've said in a few in my first episode, and you'll probably get tired of hearing me saying it, I really do believe in doing what I need to do to be able to live life on my own terms. So how does all of this tie in with the title of the episode? As I said, I actually redesigned my life. Um, I took a calculated risk and I knew I needed to take that risk in order to do what I wanted. I'm also very aware that I was able to do this because I was an empty nester. Not everyone can do this. Um, and uh, so I do wanna make sure I honor and, and, and you know the fact that 
some of the things that I may be suggesting is not something that anyone can do, but it, it may be something that piques your interest that you can think about or, or um, is something that you can work toward when the time is right for you. That also brings me to an article that I read in Good Housekeeping. Those of you who remember Good Housekeeping magazine called, you know, the Transformation Diaries. And these were all about people who transformed their lives either during or after the pandemic, because the pandemic, as you know, gave us all um, quite a bit of time to really think about who we are, what we want to do, you know, how work is important to us or not, because then we weren't working, you know, what kind, how, how rich or valuable the relationships uh, we had were, um, how many of those relationships we wanted to maintain. So, you know, there were just a lot of things that many of us were thinking about, but I do want to give some examples of some people who actually redesigned their lives uh, because it's just, you know, fantastic. There were personal um, transformations as well as career. So here are some of them. So one woman actually went back to law school in her sixties. And I just thought that was fantastic. Right. Um, another woman decided to get sober, finally decided to get sober. Um, so of course that's more of a personal life redesign, a very healthy, uh, re, uh, personal re, uh, life redesign, um, the redesign of her life. Um, another one decided to start therapy and then she also started a podcast. Another one actually started a wine tasting business. I just love that one. That sounds like a lot of fun. And another one actually ran for political office and won. So I brought those up because I wanted you to think about maybe, you know, just think about how you could actually redesign your life. Um, and in order to do that, I actually, you know, decided to do a little bit of research, you know, read, you know, a number of articles about how, you know, some of the top coaches recommend that people redesign my life, uh, redesign their lives. And I threw in a few of my own recommendations. Um, and so I'm going to provide those recommendations. Now there are seven, there are seven steps, uh, or seven recommendations. And the very first one, and this actually is my, uh, recommendation is you must be willing to change and get out of your comfort zone. That's the first thing. Um, and none of the other recommendations or advice started with this. Um, and I thought that was very interesting because before you can do the redesign, you first have to realize that in order to do the redesign, you're going to have to change your life and your, or change certain aspects of your life. And you're going to have to get out of your comfort zone. So make the decision to change your life and make the decision um, that you need to get out of your comfort zone and that, uh, and just accept that you will have to be uncomfortable as you transition into this new life. The, the second thing that uh, has been recommended is to write about what you want um, in silence, notifications off, tea in hand or coffee in hand or no beverage at all. Um, and maybe really think about what you want out of your life. And you may remember in the last episode, for those of you who listened to the last episode, I talked quite a bit about visualization and how that can actually inform this writing exercise. But, you know, before you start to visualize, just really think about how you can redesign your career if that's what you're looking for, or redesign your personal life if that's what you want to focus on that. Or maybe you want to redesign both. Uh, maybe you want to eliminate negative habits like the example of the woman who decided to, you know, get sober or start new positive habits, such as the woman who decided to start therapy. And then number three is to visualize what your new life looks like. You know, not just one time, but do it on, you know, several occasions. And in those instances where 
as you're doing the visualization exercise and it's feeling good and it just feels good, just some of the things that you're visualizing, it feels good, right? The feeling is there and it's just really resonating with you. Um, that's what your, your subconscious is. It's somehow your subconscious is communicating that this is what feels good for you, what you, you know, probably really want. So just, uh, and then if you find that you do that, and it's a recurring theme, then, you know, there's something there. And I, I highly recommend, again, I'm not a, I'm not a life redesign specialist. I'm not a visualization specialist. I'm just a person who was able to successfully redesign her life. As a result of that redesign, I've been able to do what I've always wanted to do, which is to travel more, live life on my own terms. I'm running my own company. And as, as a result of running that company and being able to achieve some of the you know financial and other goals that I have, I am able to actually uh, move towards larger life goals that I have. And so that life redesign has been successful for me. Uh, and so just wanted to you know, share this as a person who experienced it, not as an expert. Um, and then another thing you may want to do, and this is number four on the list, is to join communities of people who are on the same path. Um, so one of the things you'll probably realize as you are making changes in the way that you see your life and is that you'll notice that uh, there may be naysayers and those naysayers may be some of the people that are closest to you, your spouse, your children or what your parents or, you know, very close friends. And if you always focus on that feeling that you get when you have your visualization, then and that feeling is going to be what you want, what resonates with you. If that is not in concert with what the naysayers are saying, then um, my recommendation is that you not share that um, this change that you want with the naysayers. You want to really focus on what's important to you. So one of the ways to do that, again, is to join communities of people who are on the same path, because that way they can um, encourage you, inspire you, uh, and, 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 and just help you get on the, a certain path or stay on the path. And then, of course, you want to set short, medium, and long-term goals. Uh, you know, If you are going to be redesigning your life, what are the short-term goals to do that, the medium-term goals to do that, and, of course, the longer-term goals? you want to reevaluate your relationships. And this is number six on the list. As I said before, they're going to be naysayers. And so um, those are some relationships you should probably reevaluate. Maybe not the entire relationship, just what maybe you share within that relationship. You want to definitely reevaluate that. In other instance, instances, you may want to actually reevaluate whole relationships, not just what is shared um, in those existing relationships. So just wanted to make sure that we um, that we're making that distinction. Number seven is to do what motivates and inspires you and do it often. And as long if it's in line with the life redesign, then you're creating a habit of doing that thing that puts you firmly on the path to fully redesigning your life. So those are the seven practical steps that you can take and start today. Um, another thing you can do is again, join the No Limits Tribe. Um, and that's an invitation to anyone out there that's listening that who wants to have a No Limits mindset. So the No Limits Tribe is a No Limits mindset and that's No Limits in um, achieving your goals or no limits in redesigning your life or no limits in um, pursuing the kinds of relationships that fortify you. So that's what I mean by living a no limits life, right? 
So we're also really building an in real life, no limits tribe. And pretty soon we'll share how you can join that tribe. But in the meanwhile, just know that you, that no limits tribe is, uh, is, is, is you can certainly join that um, by just changing your mindset, just um, and, and realizing that you can indeed live a life without limits. So here's the last thing. If you're on the path to redesigning your life, I'd really, really like to hear from you. Um, so maybe you can, you know, drop a note um, or send us an email. There should be some, um, um, you know, information on how you can email us in the show notes. I'd love to hear about how you are either redesigning or have redesigned your life because, you know, who knows, maybe you can be a guest here on the H has no limit podcast. I'd love to uh, feature you so you can, you know, talk about your experience and perhaps inspire other folks. Some of the other listeners out there who may be on the fence about, you know, really taking that first step to change their lives. I do want to encourage those who maybe, you know, um, on the fence, you, you really have nothing to lose. Um, and in fact, if there's something you have to lose, it may be because you need to lose it in order to gain so much more. So just want to help um, shed some light on or provide another way of looking at some of the things that may be um, a concern as you think about different ways of, of um, envisioning your life. So there you have it. It's the end of our third episode. Um, so I'm hoping I provided some insight into how you can redesign your life, provide good examples. Um, and, you know, pretty soon we're going to have some guests who've actually redesigned their lives. We have a roster of folks that we've invited. Um, and so pretty soon we're going to have someone join me so they can share how they are living a life with no limits, um, living a life with, and living, of course, a life with no limit means that they've been very intentional about redesigning their life. And as a result, uh, they are, you know, just going after everything that they want to achieve. So another thing I want to point out is I'm really enjoying myself and looking forward to um, having some of the guests we've invited to join us because I really want them to share a bit about um, their lives and what they've done. So until the next episode, remember, age has no limits.